0: to Hacking Your ADHD. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hey team, recently when I was talking with my therapist, they mentioned that it seemed like I frequently would go into the FOM response. I was taken a little aback by this because While I felt like I'd heard of the fawn response before, it wasn't something that I was overly familiar with or even could particularly put my finger on exactly what it was. Fortunately for me, I run a podcast where I can dive into topics like this and glean a little bit more understanding about things that I'm interested in. While most of us have probably heard of the fear responses of fight, flight, and freeze, there is also a fourth response known as fawning. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at all the fear responses as well as how we can start working on better controlling those responses. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash 140. All right, keep on listening to find out how you respond to fear. Fight or flight? Do I engage or do I run away? What's the best way for me to protect myself? These stress responses are pretty well known as well as the freeze response. When we are put into a stressful, frightening, or dangerous situation, our sympathetic nervous system engages to protect us before our logical brain can react. We fight when we believe we can overpower that threat. We're attacking the threat. While this certainly could be physical, it could also come out as yelling, intense anger or even crying In flight. We're looking to avoid the threat entirely by running away. This response tends to lend itself to physically removing ourselves from the situation, but it can also come out as cutting off communication. We'll often feel restless when we're in flight as our body has a surge of adrenaline to help us get moving. When we freeze, we're stuck in place. This is very much the deer in headlights response. It's what our body does when it thinks it can't fight or run away. We might feel a sense of dread, and feel an internal heaviness that makes it hard to move. But additionally, we also have the fawn response, which is when we try and appease whoever is triggering the response. This basically comes down to people-pleasing. Now, it's important to remember that just like fight, flight, and freeze, fawning is an automatic response. It isn't a conscious decision. And this comes from the fact that fawning also tends to be a trauma response. It's something that's learned for survival. Someone who is fawning has learned to try and do it to avoid abuse. While abuse is never the victim's fault, abuse victims often feel like the abuser's behavior is their fault, and so they try to appease them to then perhaps keep their abusers happy and from further abuse. Fawning behavior can also include being overly dependent of the opinions of others, having very few boundaries, and being unable to enforce the boundaries that they try to create, vulnerability to narcissists, and also finding themselves easily controlled and manipulated. One of the issues that comes up with people-pleasing, however, is that people-pleasing in and of itself isn't always a bad thing. I want to do things that make my friends and family happy. I want to please them. I also strive to be kind to those around me, regardless if I know them or not. That's not a bad thing. The negatives come out when it becomes compulsive, when it's done at the detriment to one's own self. Now, I do feel that there is a difference between people-pleasing and fawning, because people-pleasing isn't always going to be a trauma response. With just people-pleasing, there can be a grown resentment form because the pleaser is creating an unspoken contract. They're doing these things so that they can win the favor of whoever they're pleasing but it can also morph from just trying to avoid abuse to avoiding someone not liking you so you have to make sure that you're pleasing them and maybe they'll like you and everything's honky dory right and i think this fits in snugly with adhd when we consider something like rejection sensitive dysphoria rsd because that rejection real or perceived can feel physically painful and we can develop the tendency to people please because we want to minimize that pain of rejection And we don't want to form these new traumas. And trauma is hard. It isn't straightforward. One of the interesting aspects of my trauma, at least, is the fact that I feel shame over the very fact that I have trauma. I don't want to talk about it, not because I'm ashamed of what happened to me, but because I feel like it should have been worse for me to have trauma around it. I mean, the feelings are valid, even if the logic isn't really all that sound but we don't get to decide what we have trauma around. I think the problem we have is that we definitely feel like there is a difference between having big tree trauma, and we don't want to diminish what has happened to people who have gone through some truly horrific things. But that doesn't mean the things that I've gone through weren't traumatizing. Personally, I was a victim of sexual abuse as a child. And I'm hesitating to say that because, again, I feel that, well, yes, what happened was abuse, It also feels like maybe it wasn't all that traumatic. Maybe it wasn't as bad. I realize how that sounds. I realize it's kind of ridiculous. But I think it's important for us to all hear this because I feel like a lot of us downplay the trauma that's in our lives because, well, it could have been worse. But this isn't a contest to find out who had the most trauma in their lives. No one makes it through unscathed. And I want to relate what's going on with my experience, because if someone else had told me they had trauma around any issue, it wouldn't matter what it was. That person would still need love and support. That person's trauma would still be valid. One of the hardest parts of dealing with these fear responses is our body is triggering them so quickly that we often aren't making the best decisions. Our brain is simply trying to do It's best at the moment and doesn't have time to weigh all of the options. We might snap at someone when we're feeling stressed about something. We may freeze when we're trying to have a difficult conversation. And we may people-please someone who is trying to take advantage of us. Since these are automatic reactions and aren't conscious choices, it can be difficult for us to change them. And often we do want to change our fear responses. My people-pleasing tendencies rarely serve me in the long run. But just because it's hard doesn't mean we can't do anything. So our first step is to work on identifying when our fear response is activating. What this boils down to is that we need to work on being mindful of our emotions. When we go into that fear response, we're letting our amygdala take over, and we're not thinking, we're just reacting. We need to slow down. It's also important to note here that fear is a healthy emotion. Whenever I see something about someone being fearless, I have to question how great that actually is. Fear is something that we experience to help protect ourselves. Going into every situation without fear is foolish at best. What we don't want, though, is for that fear to be controlling of our actions. Seeing that rattlesnake in our path, yeah, it's appropriate to feel some fear. But once we feel that emotion, we can decide how we want to handle it. And that's what we want to be able to focus on when we're having these feelings outside of obviously dangerous situations. When we can identify that we're going into these fear responses, we can then work on having a say in how we're responding. This means that we need to work on identifying when we're feeling these emotions, but this can also work best when we're identifying any emotions that we have. Often we're not thinking about how we're feeling, but the better we get at identifying the emotions we're having, The easier it'll be to tell when we're going into fear. So that's going to be our homework from this episode. Spending some time a few times a day trying to identify the emotions that we're feeling. Just finished a phone call? Well, how are you feeling? Just got off of work? How are you feeling? How about after lunch? How are you feeling? And I also want to emphasize here that this is really hard stuff. Don't expect yourself to get it right away. And also if you have the means this is also a place where working with a therapist can be really great. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, when faced with a threat, our body's automatic responses can be fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Two, Fawning behavior is a trauma response that involves people-pleasing to avoid abuse. People-pleasing can become a problem when it's done compulsively and to the detriment of one's own self-interest. 3. It's important to be mindful of our emotions and identify when we are in a fear response. While fear is a healthy emotion that can help protect us, we don't want to let it control all of our actions. Four identifying and acknowledging our emotions can be helpful and seeking a therapist can be especially beneficial in this case. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. Feel free to contact me over at hackingyouradhd.com contact. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can go to the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com 140. If you'd like to support the show, the best way to do so is to let someone know about the show, especially if you think a particular episode would resonate with them. Just click that share button on your podcast player. Or, you can consider supporting me over on Patreon. Just go to hackingyouradhd.com/patreon to find out more. And now for your moment of dad. I was thinking of opening a yo-yo store, but the business is just too up and down for my liking.